You're experiencing the Authentic Chaos Podcast, an exploration into our inner selves and journeys of self-discovery. I'm your host, Vahagan Yarnosian, and I'm joined today by my guest, Serene Gao. Hey, Vahagan. Hey, Serene. Good to see you. Would you like to say a couple sentences, a couple words about who you are to my to the audience? Well, yeah, I'm sure. Um, I would say since I've been doing a lot of things in the city, I've been in Seattle for about three years now. This is my third, having a great time, and I think Seattle speaks a lot. Bodies, what I want, where I am right now in life. So, you know, if you know Seattle, you would kind of know me at this. Okay, the embodiment of Seattle. I like that. <laughs> Maybe not the words you would have used. But <laughs> so, um, what's been exciting you lately? Um, like I said, summer. There's a lot to do, and I am making a lot of new. Pretty unlike Seattle, I would say. Unlike the average Seattle-like person. Yeah. Um. I, everybody's heard about the Seattle freeze, I'm sure, everyone that lives here. And that's something I've been trying to work on personally as well. And recently, uh, one, of my fr- one of my first and best friends in Seattle is moving to New York soon. She's having her going away party, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she was kind of the bond of all my friends' group. Well, yeah, almost all my friends' group. So I'm aspiring to be more like her and, you know, take a role in this social scene and making sure that who I care about, my friends, myself are, you know, getting connected and doing things. What's the, where do you think that, like, desire to become like her comes from? I would say that maybe it's because growing up, I've always been introverted and I almost took pride. I still take pride in being that because I think I have this inner world. But I just don't show to people easily or don't let people in easily. But, you know, getting to know more extroverts and making, being, being friends with them, I see qualities I appreciate. So I think I could be extroverted at times too, especially if... I, you know, think about it as a way to introduce my friends to each other, not focus on myself as much. It's almost like altruistic. It's almost like doing it for people, and it makes me happy. So, yeah. So when you, uh, so I want to talk about that, but I first want to ask about this inner. Um. So how would you describe this inner? This inner world of myself. Yeah. Um, like right now or in the past or in general like I, I what do you mean as someone who hasn't heard the term like inner world like how would you describe it to someone like me i think of it as who i am to myself and kind of this wonderland that i'm trying to protect from the outer world so right that's the inner world is the opposite to the outer world. The outer world is what I present to people. Um, it's kind of the front I put up. It doesn't have to be bad. It's all, there are also great qualities of my outer world, of this front, but this inner world is, could be awkward. It could be more intimate, more vulnerable. It's the qualities I want to keep for myself. 
why do you not why do you not want to share them with others um it might not be what i'm proud what i'm most proud of and there's also the fear that once i start showing it um i change i might start uh making these changes with other people you feel like um why do you why do you have this fear that it will or that it'll have to change and people are changing all the time but i'm sure you feel it too that there is part of you today that was there or had been there for a long time and whether you like it or not or whether i like it or not i think it's part of my identity and every time i think about who i am i think of these qualities um it's almost soothing that i know that part of me is not going to change or there is part of me that i want to hang on to um that i won't let go of and it, it, it's it's comforting in the way that i know this is yeah, when you know when i'm facing decisions when i'm um dilemma i can lean on to these qualities okay this is i'm like thinking about this one time where i made this decision because i think that speaks to me so i'm gonna i'll remind myself of that today i think that's really powerful because uh, and it's very and i i find it very grounding like I, a lot of things you said, I find very similar analogs within me, you know? And I think, could you imagine that, do you think you're the only person who has this, like, inner world? No, I think everyone has inner world, and people's inner worlds um, overlap, but for sure, and we definitely step into each other's inner worlds, whether we like it or not. Um... So if everyone has an inner world and kind of understands, can't, why can't we like all empathize with, she, with each other and like be, be our inner, have harmony between our outer and our inner world? Great question. So, well, I think to me, because I think of myself as introspective, so I, I would like to think that everyone has an inner world and I, that's what I believe, but maybe not everyone would agree. And, um, some people don't think they have an inner world or they don't want to touch that inner world. Um, they only care about the outer world, what we present to each other. Um, that's fine too. Like, it, I almost feel like they might be able to be more authentic uh, to themselves if they only have one world. But do you think outer world serene and inner world serene are two different people? Um, I actually have nine personalities. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's fine. However many. I have nine worlds. <laughs> yeah. You're a whole multiverse. <laughs> I, I don't think it's... I wouldn't say for two different people. I, I almost feel like it's like daytime versus nighttime, like in your dream. Yeah. So maybe you're... you're touching into your inner world when you're dreaming, but you're, you know, you're living in your outer world when you're 
you're walking, eating, working during the day. Yeah. There's almost this talk of, and not maybe not talk, but an allusion to light versus dark, like light and shadow, right? Like the outer world is what others see. It is the light shined on you. So you're showing the things that you want to show to that light. But the inner world may be the things in that shadow, the things you want to hide, the things you're maybe ashamed of or don't want other people to see because like you said, you're worried that they might not accept you. You might lose your community. You might lose your friends if you don't take up on your, your friend's role because if you keep your role, there's nothing. They might just leave you. Yeah. But, but consider this. One, we've already established that everyone's probably got an inner world. I, I don't call it inner and outer world. I, I call it like this is where I come up with the concept authentic chaos because it is the, it is the insanity in us. It is the things that make us weird, that makes us, us. And there's a part of that in both inner world serene and outer world serene and the other seven serenes. And, you know, they're not two different people, right? They're all within your same brain. They're all like your personalities. So let's talk about what are some similarities between outer world and inner world serene? my world specific yeah i actually don't think they are like binary i think they're very much connected okay um so i, I want to say what i was saying earlier i think story where i was helping this young couple on um, well, that was a moment where I felt like my, the inner world serene was more playing, playing more of a prominent role in decision making. How so? Because usually I'm very risk averse and I don't want to get into trouble. Um, I am on visa, so that just like stopped me from doing a lot of things and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stand out from a crowd. But then the um, inner world me also knows that that's something I had experienced before and I want to be able to help others when they um, are in the same situation. So in a sense, it was more of my intuition. It was intuitive for me to help others. Yeah. Regardless, if we, you know, leaving all the risk and trouble aside, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so it's like kindness is yeah. a core value there. I think so. But back to your question. Um, uh, w was your question how they're different? No, how there's, what are some similarities? similarities. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure we could find many ways. I mean, you even, I think even in discussing an outer and an inner world, you're already laying out the difference. So we already discussed like what the differences were between the inner and the outer world. On the surface, they're very different. But I want to explore what are the, what's the same. So, we, like, kindness seems to be a Right, but I do think that in the outer world, it could be pre presented in a very different way. Um, yeah. So, how, how so? There's a lot more considerations, a lot more fear and worries. Um, 
before I can act on my intuition. So what would have what would Outer World Serene do in the case where she saw a couple that needed help? I would probably just go to the medic tent and let them know about it, but I wouldn't personally be there. Uh, wouldn't be for involved like personally. Well, maybe that's something, okay, so that's something to, like, take note of. Like, Outer World Serene does show some compassion, but Inner World Serene shows more of that, like, empathetic kind. And maybe you need both. Like, Outer isn't enough and Inner isn't enough. You need the combination of the two. Yeah, and I think it's difficult. It's tricky to decide which side to let out. Times, um, you know, that's when I have to use my judgment and make the smart choice. Yeah. And I mess up sometimes, and I'm sure everyone does. So everyone, I'm. I'll be the first to tell you, we all mess up sometimes. Right. Some of us more than sometimes. You know, that's yeah. that's part of being human. Would you? Okay, so um, consider this thought experiment. Let's say. You met yourself, like another version of you. Um, you. This person has an inner world. They have a side of themselves that they don't want to show. Maybe they're ashamed of it. They have things they're ashamed of. They have a shadow. Do you, do you like want to stay connected to this person, like have a connection, have a relationship, or do you want that person out of your life? If they have... A inner world that is... Yeah, would you reject someone from your life for having, like, the same complexities or the same vulnerabilities or insecurities as you do? And they show it, and that's, like, their one world? Yeah. Like, they make, it, they make you aware of them. Yeah. I think it's fine if they make me aware of their inner world, which I actually really appreciate, and that's kind of like what I look for when connecting with people. But I'm not so sure if that's their whole world. Because I don't, you know, like knowing my inner world, if that's like the only and one world that I have, I don't know if I can... But you don't know exactly what their, like, maybe their inner world is different. Yeah. It's okay. probably different, right? Mm -hmm. So, but the, the point is, like, if you see more than, like, the public-facing stuff, mm -hmm. if you see them say, like, show you more of who they are, mm -hmm. do you, like, see them less for doing it? Of course not. Like I said, that's what I look for. So in that case, why would you be afraid that someone less of you? Might be um, very uh, egoistic for me to say. I don't know if anyone, everyone can see what I see. <laughs> no, no, that, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us probably don't see what other people see, or mm -hmm. that's why that's why I call it a chaos. Right. Because to other people, the things that make us us seem random, seem insane, seem chaotic. But to us, there is actually a meaning behind. There's a reason we did something. Maybe we don't always understand that reason, but there is a reason. And part of our journey, I think, of understanding who we are is to understand this inner world or this authentic chaos. Mm -hmm. 
So that way we can better help other people that too. Our own chaos. Yeah. And so that we can see it better for ourselves. Because, um, and I'll ask you this. Have you ever faced like stress or any kind of like weird negative feeling from like when your inner world and your outer world clashed? Sure, yeah. Um, back to the incident where I was helping these two yeah. um, young people <laughs> that were blacked out <laughs> on Saturday night. Um, <laughs> it made me very anxious too. Yeah, because I was missing out on the concert. I was missing out on Denzel mm. Curry, <laughs> mm-hmm. the the last act of the the night. I was feeling FOMO, so that was kind of the actually not the outer world me. I think it's like the me from both worlds that was f- having FOMO. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I don't know if it's inner outer world fighting against each other, or just my values competing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How does FOMO sit in with your values? I am a very experience driven person, so um I don't think well, I have like not having FOMO is something I've worked on I think over the years, so I don't have it as bad usually. Um and I cuz I know that I can probably recreate that experience I'm having a different kind of yeah, just comparable. Um, yeah, so I don't think it affects me usually, but like when I was put on spot to like make decisions, whether to help people or enjoy my ni- night in peace and happiness, that was something that was, um, challenged me. Do you think you didn't, uh, like, do you think you sacrificed your own happiness to help? Some degree, but then after I got home, I was like, um, and I wrote that I actually felt, I'm glad that I helped them. It made me happy. And I knew I was, I would regret it if I didn't. So I kind of reinforced that feeling for myself letting myself know that yes i was happy but it was just wasn't the kind of happiness that i expected yeah do you think like if you had just gone to let's say you didn't even know about this couple your paths missed each other somehow and you just were at the concert you had a good time you think you would have felt that same level of happiness i probably wouldn't be journaling about denzel curry (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it was a like it was an event. It caused a feeling that was so noteworthy. You decided to write it down, like to record it into his, your history. And so I think that really shows like how you kind of intuitively prioritize your values. You say you're an experience driven person, but maybe you're really a kindness first driven person. Maybe it's not really the, maybe it's the experiences that drive your ego to want to do things, but it's like chasing like dopamine versus like helping people. That's like a cornerstone of your soul of who you are. That's how your inner and outer worlds connect. But helping people is also an experience. Oh yeah. So I don't know how truly altruistic that is. 
That's a great question. Um, philosophers for ages have wondered the question, asked the question, is there such thing as a fully altruistic task? Because people that do, like, yeah. like you said, right, like you have this good feeling and that is inevitably a driver or at least like a benefit of you helping people. This good, warm and fuzzy feeling you get no. inside of like extending your heart to another. And so the question is, is there ever truly a 100% selfless act? Can you do something that like you hate like push yourself to doing something you hate and that provides you no joy whatsoever, no source of happiness just to help other people. I don't know if it's possible. Maybe yeah. for some that are, I think it would require some like really like intense, like either traumas or something to like actually remove the, the joy, the selfishness you get in being selfless. And I don't think there's a problem in that. I think it's good to be selfish in these cases too. Like you take care of yourself, you also take care of others. And right. helping people is you also taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I've thought about that too. Um, and I don't think it matters at the end of the day. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it, yeah that's also a really good point. I, one thing I've been pondering um, in the past month or so is why do we need to know why? Why do we need to know, understand 100% why we do the things we do or why certain things make us feel good? Some of it we're never going to really understand and driving us, pushing us to figure out why is going to just drive us crazy. Right? Yeah. But it doesn't matter. What matters is that it is a good, we feel it, and it feels good. It feels good to know what we're doing. Well, there's a, the part where you want to change your behavior. That definitely helps to understand why, because then you can kind of rewire your thinking um, and act differently. Yeah. But there are also times where we want to know why we do things. Get to know ourselves. And maybe it's like what you said earlier, we can connect with if we get to know our inner world better then people around us will also see that better and connect with us better and that's yeah. that's ultimately i well at least to me i think having connection having meaningful connection one of the biggest life goals i think that's a great goal that's something that i've been trying to do this year prove the connections the relationships in my life that i wither through neglect and through that i've been taking a lot of intentional trips to like family and friends I'm really grateful for it because, yeah, ultimately, the things that bring me the most, like, that, the things that make it easier for me to choose happiness every day are when I make these intentional efforts to improve my relationships and connect with people that I love and, like, people that are maybe just total strangers to me. Like, humans are social creatures. These connections matter and they provide us, like, sort of like we're not going to remember the jobs we did we're not going to care about the money okay we're going to care about the people in our lives the people that we we cared about like not that our house went up 40 percent in value over like a couple year period like that that stuff's not gonna matter at all <laughs> i know i agree with you you know 
I've been thinking, uh, another thing I've been thinking about is like a lot of my, so why, why do you say it matter for you? Like things like property value. I can be quite materialistic. I think it's important for me to have those. I want to chase the experience I want. If I want to have the luxury, I have the privilege of building connections. I have to feel good about my life. And, uh, Why do you say it's a luxury of building connections? I think if I'm stressed about feeding myself, I'm stressed about ha not having a job, if I'm stressed about not having a, pla a safe place to stay, I don't think I'm capable of you know, making connections. That, that makes sense. Yep, you've got to take care of your needs. Right. Got to have food to eat, water, clean water to drink, fresh air to breathe, a shelter. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, you have all of that, right? Uh, yes, thank you. So, <laughs> um, I guess I, what I meant is that I also need the resources to work on my hobbies, to so not having to work over time, every day, all day, um, to get to a good place in life where I don't have to worry about these things. But do you think you can make connections without maybe the hobbies or the extra things? Like, let's say shell, all of your needs are met. Mm -hmm. you're, you're able to live a, live a fine life. You're eating, you're drinking water, you're, you've got shelter. Can you make connections with people through that? Can you make friends? Now I feel like I'm saying that I can't be, make friends without being rich. <laughs> <laughs> I will only meet people when I'm rich. <laughs> if that were the case, none of us would make any friends in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I was just thinking that, like, of course I'm making friends, I'm making connections now, but... I'm also grateful that I, you know, I have the money to go, go, go out with my friends. Yeah. But um, you don't, but you don't need it. That's an extra. So say if I don't have money to go out at all, would yeah. I be able to make friends? Yeah. Very difficult for me. How come? Because I wouldn't know what we should, what we can do. Do we just hang out? Go to a park. I guess it's just hard for me to myself doing. Um, what what is different about you saying let's go out for drinks, let's hang out, park? Maybe it's because I by committing myself and committing 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 my time to hang out with people. I if we're going to a certain bar restaurant or doing certain activities, I know that I'm going to have a good time regardless of how that how the conversation goes whereas if I just show up and at the corner of the street to meet up with someone and we do absolutely nothing why does it have to be very you have extreme. to spend why does it have to be so extreme why is it you either go to a bar or you do oh, give me a scenario then that's like less extreme not spending any money go to the park oh Anderson yeah um I would do that with a good friend, like with someone I already know, but I okay. probably wouldn't go there and meet up with someone new. What about um, like ho host people, have people come over, a little like gathering? At the park. Or like at your house. 
That costs money. <laughs> well, you're feeding. Well, <laughs> but uh, assume you have a little bit of money to like sure. to feed people. But that that's all I need. I'm not saying that I need a mansion in order to host. <laughs> but you I'm said, but you but you mentioned that you're very you're materialistic in this because the materials help you. Yeah, that that's all I meant. I want so if I were to host, which I do, um, I host people in my apartment building. Um, I would like shop for ingredients to make like custom cocktails like i go all the way out. but you don't um, have to if you don't but that's my preference okay yeah. i challenge you mm -hmm. think of maybe even do like host your friends for an event where no one spends much money and you all hang out and yourselves chat again i feel comfortable doing that with one or two close friends, but if I were to entertain a group of Fine, just do it with a couple of close friends. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I would have... I would just cook up whatever I have in the fridge. Um, watch some TV. Yeah, that's fine. But again, I think that's more about maintaining... Less, uh, less so... Creating new like. Well, um, have you ever chatted with someone like randomly at a park or a coffee shop or something? I should do that more. I have, but not as much as. I mean, it's like you said earlier, right? You like to break that Seattle freeze, which mm -hmm. for folks who aren't, how would you define the Seattle freeze? We talked about, it, and some of these, some people aren't from Seattle. Sure. Yeah. So when I read about Seattle freeze, I it was. Okay. Seattle subreddit or Seattle WA. Um, people are saying how uh, in Seattle, especially in the winter, are very unresponsive. Uh, and or they don't take initiative making plans. With and when you do make plans, when they do you to come to plans, they break and they bail on you and, you know, they won't reach out again. Basically, they're just very passive. And this is especially true for people who are coupled up, I heard. Um, <laughs> I have not experienced that myself. Well, I might have, yeah. <laughs> but so I, I definitely like pay um, attention to people and are also, you know, looking for other people to spend time with. Yeah. Um, okay, so is that how the Seattle freeze like works for you? Or is that how you envision the Seattle freeze? So, yeah, is that how you would define it? Right, so, yeah, I, I think it's basically comes down to lack of. Okay. So you say that you are the one who likes to break it. So how do you, how do you like, kind of melt that? Um, I, because I like going to events and going to, um, I subscribe to a bunch of letters, um, Instagram accounts, um for all these concerts festivals just like random activity battle if i see something i like i i send them to my friends or like new friends old friends and see if anyone else is interested and i'll or like i'll ask if i can get tickets all of us and maybe a game at my i do like 
running activity runs and these are typically things that we have to commit in advance hopes to kind of yeah yeah and you do like you mentioned you do things like uh, also and things like um and there are plenty of like free events like great places to meet people i went to as a pay well, there are, there are free salsa events. Sure. Too, and there's like free yoga in the. Yes, I went to the. Yeah, yeah, I go to the one in South. Nice. Which is a great. It's a great place to like meet people. Want to meet people, and you take the initiative. You care about these connections, so there are opportunities for connecting with people. I think I still need to learn to to meet people, net new people. I have like I had zero connection with before, and you said maybe going to the park and just like walking yeah. up to someone and say hi. I need to be better at doing. How would you like someone to approach you to say to like initiate a conversation? Hmm. It really depends on the context, like where, when. Let's say it's a it's an appropriate time. You're not clearly doing something where your attention mm -hmm. is like super driven on something important. You're not like saving someone on the. <laughs> you're not like dealing with a distressed that's, that's couple. <laughs> you're not like uh, you're not like uh, you're not sleeping on a bed on like a couch or something. Mm -hmm. You're outside. You're hanging out. Maybe you're reading a book or something, or like enjoying a, a outside. How would you like someone to, or maybe like it's at salsa and you're like hanging out, like taking a little break. How would you like someone to approach you in that? I don't think I have an unexpected. I guess, sorry, I meant like, how would you approach someone? That's what how I meant. How would I approach yeah, someone? Yeah. I would try to say something. I don't just say, hi, how are you today? I would try to pay attention to little things about them and what makes them stand out to me and comment on that or ask about that. I think that's a good way. I think that's a great way to do it. It shows more than, shows some like, at least like something caught your attention. Mm -hmm. um, but could you also say like, hey, how's it going? So here's the thing. I don't like to small talk. So it would be hard for me to start a conversation that way. Because it will be hard for me to answer a question like that as well. Why would it be hard to answer? How's it going? What do you want to know? I, well, I, I didn't, it's not meant to be an interview. Right. But <laughs> I, I don't, I didn't have any expectations coming into this. I think that's just how maybe it's, the culture I'm coming from, that's how I think of okay, so how what, conversations go. What, is a, what do you think is a question that maybe is, a li is in between, like small talk and deep talk? Yeah, so um, at Salsa last week, I think I was um, standing next to this woman and there was like this huge fan next to us. Yeah. It was really hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was commenting at how hot it was and it was like smiling and nodding along. So I was like, 
is this your first time at the studio? Like, how, how long have you danced salsa before? Mm-hmm. But I would try to be a little more specific. But you started with you started with small talk. Sure. If yeah, it, this could be small talk. Commenting um, on how hot it is—that's like not saying anything about you, not saying anything about her. It, I mean, and it's a fine way to start. It's because you're commenting on a shared experience. Right. So commenting on how hot it was, she actually didn't respond to that much because what can she say? She, she just, like acknowledged. Not, not she acknowledged yeah. that you were that you started a conversation. Right. right. But it wasn't until I asked about her salsa experience. Yeah. Then she started to talk in like full sentences. Oh, that's totally fine. Yeah. But you know, it, it. She probably needed that. It's hot here for to her for her to even acknowledge that. It, I need to start paying attention to. Sure. Like you're yeah. someone, because she was like, I have you ever experienced where like someone like calls out or like someone's talking to you and you don't realize until like a couple seconds later that they were ta- trying to talk to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think that's very common. I think people get like caught up in themselves, especially if they're like distressed, right? She's hot. She's yeah. like just trying to cool off. She's not, there's a lot of music going on, a lot of activity. She's not paying, she may not be paying attention to you. So, I think you need to start with some kind of greeting or something yeah. to like get someone's attention so that they you can't have a conversation if they're not going to pay attention. I think that's actually a really good to start conversation. Yeah. Um that kind of shows that I have no bad intention. I'm observation. Um and it is your common experience, your shared experience. Then you follow that with a question. Yeah, yeah. And asking about, like, asking something deep, like, well, maybe not deep, deep, but, like, more than just, like, how are you doing? Asking about salsa experience, that's a great thing to do. It's con- it's contextual. Yep. So, like, you have, like, you did it last, like, last week, right? You, you went up to someone, you had a conversation, and that's all it takes. Most people right. are just like us. We just, you know, we're all friendly. We want to connect. We're all human. And Are we? <laughs> 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 well, because I, I guess I would say that I wouldn't have a desire to co- go up to just anyone and talk to them like that. Well, you don't have to do it with every single person out there. But the point is just opening yourself to do it with Potentially anyone. It doesn't have to be everybody, but open yourself to possibility of anybody. I don't know about anybody. What if I just can't find any clues of shared experience I have? Do you think there are people out there that you have shared experience with? Like very, very little shared experience. Oh, Not yeah. enough for me to interested about that's fair but if you're occupying a similar environment sure there would be something that you could share literally people ask about like talk about the weather because no matter who you are no matter no like no matter who you are if you are having a face-to-face conversation with someone you probably experience similar weather See, that that's where i don't want to go to <laughs> i don't want to have but you to literally did that weather. you did that at the salsa club well, but it was 
because of the the studio, the venue that we were. It in. doesn't matter. It was hot today, and I was like, I said, hey, I said hi, good morning to someone, and they were like, it's hot, and I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Maybe I just like complaining about it. <laughs> a lot of people do, especially in Seattle, where it's usually a nice temperate weather, and here, where where you like never need AC, so none of the apartments have AC. And then when it gets hot for like a week or a month, people freak out. And it's all that everyone can talk about. But that's why, like, I think there's always something you can comment on that's a shared experience if you're having a conversation in in person. If you're like in an online community in a chat room, well, you also have a shared experience. Like the thing that brought you two together or brought you in the same conversation space a shared experience that's something that you can you can initiate a conversation on if you want to it doesn't have to stay there you don't have to go into all the details of the weather and how it's affecting you you can just go immediately to another question like um a question i like to ask and i even started this whole episode on this question and regular viewers will know i start a lot of my conversations with the question what excites you because a question it's a simple question to ask, but it's a fun one because you get to see a little bit about who people are and how they answer. Usually it's the kind of question that like, it's different from like, what are your hobbies or what do you like to do? Because excites evokes this emotional aspect. So people, you can't just use the first thing that comes to your mind. People have to then go into like their heart and figure out like, what was the, what is actually like, what am I passionate? And they'll talk about that and I'll get to learn a little bit about them, a little bit about their inner world or their authentic chaos. Oh, like that. Asking strangers that question. Yeah. And you'll get some cool things. I've met people who talked about being like really passionate about animal conservation or like, passionate about like a book they're reading or like a new hobby that they're taking up. There's so many cool things you can learn just from like seeing what, what they're currently excited about. And you know what? The cool thing is that what you're excited about changes. So you can ask the same person, the same, that same question in different times and you'll get different answers. And it's awesome. I highly, I highly encourage it. It, it go ask someone who's close to you. What's exciting you lately? What does that tell you? It's more about how they answer and the follow-up questions. So I like to ask questions about words people use or the things that they talk, the order that they talk about things, because I think that we go through, at least I, um, I go through a lot of internal thinking about how I want to express a lot of the ideas out to other people so that they can understand as accurately as I as they can the, what I'm going through, my experience. Um, so because of that, I like to think that if I ask right questions to people, they stop, they start, they stop thinking with their like automatic brain and like just saying things that come to their mind. And they more dig into their like their actual their like feelings too, and like really give me a little bit of a fuller answer about who they. 
like we talked about like your inner world and your outer world. And the first thing we talked, you mentioned were the differences. But then when we talked about the similarities, started to understand a little bit more about your core values, the things that both hold dear, which is emphasis on kindness. And, and I've gone through very similar things too. I Years ago, I was talking to my therapist about how my therapist pointed out to me how I had different versions of myself. There was a Vahagan I had. Growing up, there was a Vahagan I had for my family, a Vahagan for my friends, a Vahagan for school. Like, all these different situations had different versions of me. And then, like, even when I was, like, uh, in my 20s in Seattle, I had a different me for different friends. Depending on the context that my friends knew me in, I had different versions of myself that I showed. So I kind of had, like, six or seven versions of me at time. And it wasn't until I was challenged by my therapist to tear down the walls between these different Hagens that I was able to come to a more harmonious state of self. It was less like me trying to compartmentalize different versions of me or different aspects of me and more of realizing that I am all of these people. I am all of those Vahagans, and I'm all of the past Vahagans, and I, will, I am all of the will-be future Vahagans, and I am the Vahagan that is right now. And I can pick and choose anything that I want from all of these versions of me to be me, because they're all me in the first place. And, and that has, was a necessary part for me to really understand my authentic chaos and find this... I've it's find this serenity within the chaos. It's not about I mean hell it's your namesake. It's it's not about finding this calmness or not about like finding order because there is no we can't find that order. It is we are chaotic. The world is chaotic. Life is chaos. It's about finding that sense of ease that um it the word I was introduced to this week was equanimity. That means it's this like sense of ease, calm within this storm, chaos. This finding this balance within yourself. It's probably not exactly that. That's probably not the exact definition, but that's how I've interpreted it. Like being, yeah, flowing, going with, flowing with reality, going with the flow, not fighting it. Yeah. When you fight it, that's when, when that's what causes resistance. That's what causes internal strife. When you fight who you are. Have you ever been in situations, say, like maybe professional setting at work, and you catch yourself very close to burst out some appropriate comment? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've gotten very upset at work or frustrated, for sure. What do you think? Have you felt like that? Of course, yes. <laughs> Why um, do you say of course? <laughs> um, because I was just listening and, like, how you were saying that you want to, like, go with the flow. I, I can't say it the way that you did. You said it very well. Um, kind of just, like, letting yourself out, letting a different self, like, become one. Um, and I find that challenging because I 
Although I do, I love my inner and outer worlds, me, equally, I don't think they can show up at certain places at certain times. That's fair. And maybe that's more of a, maybe that's more of an indication of, like, how toxic work culture can be. Because you can't be your authentic self. Right. You're forced to be outer world serene. You're forced to hide the things that make you weird because the people at, I find that people at work are much more um, they're much more discriminating about the things that your vulnerabilities things that like make you more you that at work you are considered your role you're looked at for your output not considered for who you are even your even sometimes your coworkers will refer to you by like what you've done or what you're doing rather than who you are as a person and that's just the nature of the beast at work we're taught to look at ourselves less as humans and more as workers we are part of this we are cogs in a machine creating value our who we are doesn't matter and that's that's a toxic situation. If you were in yeah. a friend group and they said, uh, "We don't want to like we only want to hang out with funds," what would you say? Well, I I actually don't think I wasn't thinking about a toxic environment or a friend group environment. Um, I I just feel like it's more to me. It feels more like I do have different versions of myself, barring. A word, and I have different versions of myself, and sometimes some certain versions are more appropriate for whatever reason. But the other versions kind of want to come out. Well, um, why don't you let them partially? Can you find a Can you find a situation, or can you find a compromise? Even in work, can you find a situation or a compromise where? You can be mostly outer world you, but also maybe give some of the inner world you a bone. Like, give some of the inner world you a chance to express yourself. Maybe through creativity or through showing empathy or however you want to show yourself or however you decide is an appropriate way to show yourself. Yeah, I think that's what I'm doing. Um, But I think my argument from saying that is that I do think sometimes it's necessary and healthy to keep my version separate. Like, what what do you see within your... Like, what's an example of things should be separated in the context of work? Sometimes I, at work, I'll say we are in a very heated discussion. And the inner world me... Or I don't know which world this is in, but like sometimes I just don't really care. And I'm usually like passionate about the work I do and I want to, you know, get to the source of truth. But sometimes I just have this urge to say, you know what? F- fuck it. I don't I don't care. Just do what I do what you like. Um Yeah, but I don't I I sometimes I th- I, I think that in my head a lot of the times, but I know I can't say it. Well, what? Well, okay. So there. So it seems like there's this urge here. Mm-hmm. There's this 
there's this screaming need within you to say like this isn't important or this is it doesn't feel important maybe next time explore like where that's coming from maybe it's legitimate maybe it's like inner world serene saying this isn't a conversation d- argument worth having i can't tell you how many meetings i was in when i was a software engineer so many meetings about arguments that didn't need to be arguments arguments that were ultimately completely unnecessary and just wasted everyone's time but because everyone was so stubborn we kept having to rehash the same argument and why there was like no one there were some people that did definitely care i didn't care so at at, at a point i decided I'm not actually, you know what, this isn't actually something that's important enough to warrant me caring. That means it's probably not that important. I think in my situation, the rational me knows that it is important. I I would. The rational me was. Why, what is, why is it rational to care? Or is it is it always rational to care? Say it's not that. Not always rational. Okay. For certain decisions, actually, for most part of the most part, like the work I do, I like to think. Um, for, uh, for the customers, for the users, for my coworkers. Um. But I think for me personally, as a person. I might be experiencing burnout. I might feel that I have more urgent issues in my life that I have to attend to. Yeah. Um, that's when I feel like it's doesn't matter for me. Well, can't you say? Well, okay. So in those cases, what if you said, "Hey, I think this is an important conversation. I want to be fully a part of this, but I also I'm going through something right now." I don't think I can. Can you give me like a day? Give me, can I, like, can we talk about this another time? Isn't that the constant state though? Because I feel like from the years that I've worked as a professional, I have felt like that if 90% of the time, if not all the time. Well, then maybe that's something to explore. Maybe there's a need there that's being chronically unfulfilled. Interesting, because I, I'm almost accepting that that's a reality and that's the norm, and I just have to manage it better, so that my, the, the crazy me gets to like rest, be- rest <laughs> the more. crazy you, <laughs> <laughs> or like the indifferent me, um, gets to like rest more and, um. Do all of these have to be like? passionate arguments because it sounds like you're pushing yourself to have these arguments that you don't want to have and i don't quite understand why arguments at work yeah um maybe they're not all arguments but they are it's like i think of it as like people trying to prove a and they're i'm constantly being asked And I think it's just not in in my inner world. There's no need to prove it. Yeah. What if you expressed that? 
maybe maybe you take it case by case. Maybe some of these arguments are worth having. But if you think that it's just some pedantic, like they're just trying to prove a point, maybe ask them to like put, do the work, prove that point, and then you can discuss over that. What if it is my work? Prove a point because I do think it's kind of like um, almost every job function has to prove in order to run the business. Well, if it's if it's your if they're base, if it's an argument over your job, I mean, yeah, do your job <laughs> for sure. You take an yeah. agreement with the company to do right. the job that you're paid to do for sure. Um, but uh. I don't know. I at least found that some arguments were always esoteric and people would just make arguments to make arguments and claim data that they didn't have. So sometimes I'd ask, okay, show me the data and then we can talk over that. If it's just, if you're just having an esoteric argument about why we should do one thing over another, I want to see some, show me the data, show me the numbers. Yeah. No, I like to think that, um, for the most part, the arguments I've had, they are meaningful, but for for some reason, I'm just not able to. Um, so that's why I felt like, yes, I should be having that conversation. I should be, you know, like expressing my opinions and being part of discussion. But I just, I have kind of have balance the different versions of myself and they're n neither of them is wrong but i think for me adulting is very much about knowing when and how to apply it one, one version and like of letting the other version shine or like yeah. pushing the other version it's out like there. learning the lessons of your own domestication yeah <laughs> i actually i've been having conversations with my girlfriend where she was reading a book on animal domestication. And there's a lot of similarities in how humans evolved to domesticate animals, how we domesticate children, and how we domesticate ourselves. Like you, we are taught um, in cases of work, like things like we're taught to ignore our feelings in terms of like, let's say, eating, eating dinner, right? You're told to finish your plate. Even if you complain to your, your parents, but I'm full. I want to eat anymore. I say, no, you've got food. You've got to finish your food. Like, is that something that you ever experienced? Yeah. Right. And that's our parents teaching us to ignore our feelings, ignore our like sense of like self and our needs and doing what listening to them. And then we're taught in like, and then we're taught like how a job is supposed to in like normalizing like um normalizing being inauthentic in ourselves and like shunning a lot of the things like yeah i think i mean a lot of people don't really care about their jobs and a lot of people have arguments at work with people very passionate arguments about things they don't really care about and it's because we're taught that that is what we're supposed to do we're taught like like you said it's part of your job it's a you even said earlier, if you didn't do this, then the comp the business wouldn't be able to make money. Mm -hmm. As if you're taking on the needs of the company, the needs of your business. The business are saying you need to have these arguments, and then there are your needs saying I don't care to have these arguments. Why am I getting stressed out about something I don't really care about? So there's this clash going on, 
at least this I've had this clash go on within me where I realized that my emotional needs had been steadily replaced by the emotional needs of my company. Does your how does your company have emotional? Well, it's not really emotional, but the company has needs and they express it very right. clearly and very strongly. Usually those needs are around making money. The company is very happy when it makes money. And so your whole job, you're taught like all the things that you're supposed to do and the ways to think in order to make money in the company way, like leadership principles, morals, um, statements from the company, whatever. They, company culture, even the whole culture of a company is aimed around giving you new needs. It helps you suppress your inner world or your yeah, your inner self, the part of you that's like has the actual emotional needs you have, and you replace it with the rational you. Like even re- referring to it as rational and irrational is like kind of saying like, well, this is obviously the way things are supposed to be. Obviously, human brains are developed in a way are are like linked in a way that we have to go through these natural hierarchies and generate imaginary value for shareholders that we've never met in order to make them happy obviously that's the way that we're supposed to live and we then like think in terms of our companies we use the language of the company our normal days we talk about productivity like imagine how many how many times have you talked to someone about their weekend and they've responded or maybe you've responded oh yeah it was pretty productive like why is productive an adjective that we use to describe good our weekend was productivity is the definition of a company is the definition it is a word of capitalism why do we care about productivity i'm not generating value for something i'm living my life that is value in itself a better word uh, for saying that you did a lot of things for yourself would a better word for that be yeah i would say that um but and i would say like you know i think the words that we use matter I know some people don't agree with me on this, but I think the word, the language we use matters a lot because language share, hides a lot of the biases that we have in our minds. A lot of who we are deep down is tied to our language. So when we absentmindedly use the language of our companies, it's a sign to me that we've taken on the needs of our company. By telling the story this way, Oh, you're not being picked up. Uh, yeah, yeah. By telling the story that way, we're not. I'm not being like. Um, you're reinforcing this idea that the company is like that. This is what is necessary. This is what is good. Yeah. Like people, people like will think about work outside of work. I used to think about work outside of work hours. Like think about problems at work. I'd used to. Uh, talk to friends about work all the time. My ex hated it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and to be fair, now that I don't, I don't do a lot of that anymore. I mean, obviously I'm unemployed, so I don't think about it. But even before that, I was making intentional efforts to cut out talking about work with my former coworkers outside of work, because in doing that, I was reducing the mental energy and the mental space that work was taking up in me. And then I could get to know my coworkers as friends instead of former coworkers. That's so interesting because um, 
I told you how my work had a conference this week, yeah. and they flew in um, employees from all around the country, and I didn't really enjoy, you know, meeting those people as much as some of them did, because for me, I, I'm having trouble making friends at work. Um, how come? I think it might be subcon un yeah the subconscious me trying to separate work from life. I don't want to talk to you much about my personal life at work. I don't want to hear about yours either. Let's just keep it <laughs> as work. Wait, how come? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, Are your coworkers not unique people worthy of connections? <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're great. <laughs> but it's just... She said so convincingly. Kind of like me protecting my inner self at work. Okay. Yeah, if we're using the, this like inner and outer world lingo. Yeah. So, flash, so fast forward to this conference. You didn't, you didn't like meeting them as much? It was cordial. It, we, but I would... You know what I would like to do? I would like to all my work time dedicated to work not talk about life and after 5 6 p.m i don't want to hear from you ever again that seems pretty harsh serene <laughs> do you think you could ever be friends with a coworker, like genuine friends i have been um at my first job out of college my our team was new grad and i actually uh one of my coworkers and i became roommates okay um but it didn't really, it wasn't a very long lasting friendship because I moved away and I'm just like, got, uh, got out of touch. So I don't know. I feel like the work environment is pretty artificial. You're not gathered together here because you have, uh, you have shared experience. Oh, for sure. It is completely arbitrary. But you know what? So is being at a bar. That's why I don't talk to people at bars. Or being at salsa. There's a little bit more shared experience there. You have shared interests. Well, you're sh you have shared experience at work through your work. Right, but then when you talk about that part of the experience, it's still work. Yeah, right. But I guess, I guess my point is that just like you, when you went up to that person at salsa, you didn't immediately start a conversation by talking about salsa. You talked about a more... More like in your face shared experience. And you had a conversation. And being at work is just as being placed just as randomly as being at a park or being. So why not take advantage of the situation of being near other people that might be uniquely them and like that? Do you think it could be that I haven't? truly haven't met the people that I could become friends with or I haven't tried hard enough to uncover that. I don't know. I haven't experienced any of these interactions, so I can't say for certain. I'd say that is just be open to the possibilities and open your heart to new connections. Strain I I took this um mantra last year of you never know who's going to change your life. Every person that ends up being the most important people in your life, like your chosen family, uh, or even your real family, they all start out as strangers to you. 
they there was a past where you hadn't met them before and there's a future where you are have a deep relationship or deep connection but you have to meet them before you even get that so why not try to meet people you never know who's going to change your life doesn't it become exhausting though when you start making so many new connections and um you have to spend time and energy not every connection needs the same amount of energy not every relationship lasts a lifetime some relationships end with hello sometimes i mean ultimately first and foremost you have to take care of your needs when your inner self is screaming at you it is screaming for a reason and if you don't listen to it that's where you'll that's where you'll cause yourself some pain fear a lot of us don't listen to yeah that's definitely something i'm working on but like if you can meet make connections place where your inner self feels good do it that's when my intuition comes in yeah that's when i kind of the vibe check and see if there's some this is someone i want to talk to in that sense i don't think i'm as open-minded I wouldn't be able to just. That's fair. Not everyone can do it. And that's totally fine. Like no judgment, right? Like, but the point is like you, but you feel the vibes, right? When you find someone like sometimes you can't explain why they're like, why they're mutual vibes or like something like mutually good for both of you. But like you get that feeling that there is some kind of nice connection. Maybe you want to explore that. And maybe your list, your uh, like overlap of vibes is smaller than my overlap, and maybe mine is smaller than another person's, and that's totally fine. What do you mean overlap? Like maybe maybe you vibe with fewer people than right, I do, right. and maybe I vibe with fewer people than other people, and that's fine. You know what? It yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter. The number doesn't matter. The point is that you are opening yourself up and letting your intuition kind of t- guide you in making these connections. You're not like shutting yourself off to the beautiful relief. And I think the difficult part or the challenging part of that is sometimes your intuition could be wrong. What does wrong mean? That just because you feel drawn towards this person doesn't mean that they feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that is accepting that you don't have all the information. You don't have the same brain that the person you're trying to connect with exactly yeah and that realizing that you can never have it then you can start to understand accept that like okay there's a chance that it's not going to work out there like i said sometimes relationships end with hello and that's okay the point isn't that every relationship that the the mantra isn't that everyone you meet is going to change your life that you never know who is going to change your life. You can't find those magical connections unless you put yourself out there, your heart to. What's your advice for people who feel very jaded? <laughs> Trust me, I felt plenty jaded myself, like especially with dating. I'd been dating for a couple of years and felt like I mean, very jaded at times, but what helped me was talking to a lot of people about like frustrations and getting some of their insights. Like, 
focus less on the relationships you think you want and more about what your needs are. When you think about your needs, then start to think about, okay, what if, ask yourself, what if I never got into, like, let's say a romantic relationship as an example. Say you never date again. This is it. You're single forever. Can you live a happy life? So if you can live a happy life, how do you live that happy life now? Oh, I'm operating now. Perfect. <laughs> then you're, then keep doing, then that's it. That's the, that's the advice. Ask yourself, what do you need to choose happiness right now? And do that. Listen to what your needs are. And, and the, the point of this is to listen to what your needs are. The things that you want in this relationship that you aren't getting and maybe explore how you can get those needs met through other things. Leverage your community. Maybe you have the, an emotional need of needing a supportive partner to like support you through your career. But does, do you need like a romantic partner? Do you need a specific person to fill that role? Or can multiple friends fill that role? Can family fill that role and help you satisfy those needs? Without really understanding those needs, you can never hope to satisfy them. And I hear that a lot of people, myself included, you ru- we rush into these into hopes of relationships without understanding what we really want or what we really need. And then we can feel jaded because we get, we things don't work out, and we feel like, oh, nothing is working. I'm going to be single forever, and it sucks because I'm not going to get because I have this weird feeling in me because I'm not getting these feelings met. But if you get those needs met, then you can say, actually, it's okay. I'm okay. And then there's no reason to be jaded. Because you don't need a relationship. I think I feel jaded at times, not because I, my needs are not being met, or because that I formed these connections that didn't last. Um, what was there? I mean, it's it's totally fine to mourn. That's a very real feeling. And there's just this like overall like sadness throughout my life where I feel like it didn't last. Like my childhood friends moved away from school, moved away, or I left, and um, relationships didn't work out for whatever reasons. I don't think they. I don't think I miss them because they fulfill my needs at some. Point. Well, they sure did, but. It's just more like... They did in the past. They did in the past. Yeah. That's why I like them. And it sounds like it left some scars. Yeah. I think it's just like... I don't feel as excited about like meeting new people as... Um, how do you, how have you dealt with this sadness? How do I deal? Have yeah. I dealt? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um... I think I treasure the memories. Um, I found a memory lane a lot. Think about, I always remember the positives over there. Well then, could you imagine that someone, that another connection could also fill that level of positivity? Well, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. What, what's stopping you finding those connections? Because it sounds like these past connections had really profound impacts on you. So it sounds like you already understand how beautiful it can be. Yeah, but 
I it just feels like it's there's an like overload of people that you cross the path. Mm -hmm. and, and that that's what goes back to your intuition. Yeah. Like it's less about what makes sense as people you connect with. Like maybe you maybe you're right. Maybe you don't wanna maybe you don't wanna connect with any of your coworkers because the vibes aren't there. And that's a that's a fine I think that's a great reason to not connect with someone. Honestly. Like if your intuition is telling you this is not someone I want to interact with, fine. But if your intuition is saying this is someone who maybe we should explore with, go for it. Right. I think I usually, generally, I've been pretty good acting my intuition, but sometimes the, the fear and the worries become too much that prevented me from. Maybe the. The key is to trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust that no matter what happens, you can handle what happens. Because if you can trust your, your future self, what do you have to wor be worried about? I think, like, I think about, like, the, like having the memory over. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to convince myself that that's okay to um, that I occasionally talk about people in the past and people that I don't talk to. And that's okay, and I want to simplify it. I don't want to think about, it. oh, could have and what seven could have. And yeah. And I think that's great. I think that's a much more present way to live and to, yeah, live and make connections and harmony. It's just fascinating to me. Billions and billions. That some some of them last for a very long. Oh yeah, I think about that all the time, and it's cool. Like, and maybe there's, and it's like timing is a big factor in it too. Some people are not in the right space at the right time to make the connection, and maybe you cross paths with someone multiple times, and then eventually your paths cross, and it's just the right conditions for you yeah. to say, "Let's let's chat," and. That's fine too. The because there's so many potential connections, so many opportunities out there. I don't think there is any rush. If you're you follow your heart, you follow your your intuition. See where the vibes are, and if you if your intuition's saying go for it, go for it. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to have FOMO. There's no reason to feel like you need a rush. Just do what feels right for you. Letting go of control. Yeah. It's it's very hard. You, but you gain freedom when you let go of that. You get the freedom to be you. The per, you give yourself permission to integrate the inner and the outer. Mm -hmm. Create that harmony. Right. I think trying to separate the inner and outer is a form of control. Yeah. 100%. Our ego is telling us that we don't, it's judgment. It's self-judgment. But would you agree that? I think sometimes you need your you need to show up in various degrees. Some some situations you can't be as authentic as other situations. Like how do you not act crazy at work? <laughs> well, I think that's a matter of like, un, well, first you have to recognize what is crazy. Right, what is crazy even mean? When I say mean? crazy, I don't mean like actually like. 
being psychotic is fine too, but like, what I mean is that like the crazy is we consider very normal. I think it's a complicated answer. There's some there's some situations where it makes sense. There are others where it doesn't. I would say it go. I always go back to your intuition. What feels like the right thing to do? If you're in a situation and you want to like tell your authentic opinion, it's kind of a gut check. Like you're in a new situation, no one's gonna be able to tell you what the right time is to be, to show up authentically. No one's gonna be able to tell you the wrong time. There may be there may be consequences, but you know what? There are consequences for all of our actions, everything we do, yeah. and like assuming that, and but that shouldn't stop us from showing up in the way that feels right for us. So don't worry about the external so much. Just focus on finding that arm, harmony inside. I think there are a lot of consequences. I just can't. If it's so. If it's so consequential, be authentic, then maybe there's some things to that need to be sorted out first. Possibly. And that's not a judgment. That's just like something to explore. I don't know for certain. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I feel like a lot of my issues back to. No. That is. I don't think there's a. Yeah. No. That makes it really difficult. And if we, unfortunately, if we had more time, I would love to talk about that. Maybe that actually, I think that deserves a whole episode on its own because I think that's a good point. You have that burden that I don't have being a citizen. I don't have this burden of work for me. Job security. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Well, Serene, it's been really lovely chatting you have any last words you'd like to say to our audience? Um, I still think it's great to have inner and outer worlds, and um, I am learning to take care of my two, the two selves, the two different worlds, and yeah, making sure they're doing well, they're healthy, knowing when to come out and when to rest. It's, I think it's my, it's like the theme, and it's something that I'm, I'm feeling very inspired about. Beautiful sentiment. Listen to yourself. Well, thank you, Serene, for joining us. It was really great chatting. And thank you so much for experiencing with the, this with us. Um, if you're listening on YouTube or Spotify, make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and follow the channel. It really helps. Follow us on Instagram for more updates. And if you'd like to chat, let me know. If you have questions, let me know. I'd love to have more people on. And as always, embrace your chaos with kindness. Thank you so much. <laughs>